get so into this like conventional path of life, you know, you go to school, you go to college, you graduate, get a job, get married, get a house, blah, 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 have kids. I think like, at least with me in this book, like I, as of right now, it's not necessarily a means to an end. Like writing this book is an end in itself and I don't know what's going to come after it, but I also don't really feel the need to plan the next five things that are going to come after it because all I know is that right now, this is what I do want to do. Hey, welcome back to The Treasure Pod. This is our special bonus episode of the season. I'm your host, Kim, and on this episode, I talk with Prashir Pastricha about his upcoming book, tentatively titled Global Cooling, The Not-So-Good Kind. Let's jump right in. So I guess you're more of like a physical uh, guy over a digital guy? Yeah, I have not yet read an ebook. I just haven't gotten into it. I think I have like at least one or two Kindles and I've just never opened them. I don't right. know. I just haven't gotten into it. Yeah, I feel that if it's supposed to make reading a lot easier, but I just feel like it isn't real reading. A real reading is cuddling up with an actual physical book, right? Yeah, I get that. And I also think like e-reading makes reading a lot easier, but then I think it also makes it easier to do it while you're doing other things. So like while you're reading or something or while you're eating food. And I just think I want to be focused on the book, you know, as much as I can. I know that that's like a privilege to have like the time just to set aside to do that. But if possible, I would like to just focus on what I'm reading on. Paperback or hardcover? (laughs) This is some controversial topics. I know, you're Um, stumped. You're stumped. (laughs) I would have to say hardcover. I feel that same. Okay, so Neil Pestricha actually liked one of your articles on Medium. Um, he did. How was that feeling? It was pretty cool. I so Neil. It feels so weird calling him by his first name, as if I'm like intimate friends with him. But no, <laughs> Neil Pasrija visited Western um, a couple years ago, and so I went to that event because I was like, "This is finally like you know we're gonna find out we're related and we're gonna connect, and this is gonna be so amazing." And then at the beginning of his presentation, he goes. So this is the first time ever that I've been to an event where there's another Prasricha. And I was like, oh my God, he's calling me up. Like, I didn't even have to do anything. He's going to call me up. And then he goes, yeah, so where's Akash in the audience? And I'm like, who is Akash? And why is he stealing my thunder? <laughs> I think I met Akash later on and he's a very nice person. But I was just so appalled that the one time that there's another Prasricha in the audience, there's actually two other Prasrichas and the other one gets called. So that was just a funny experience. Um, and I got to talk with Neil a bit then and so I just reached out to him when I started writing the book and I was like hey I'm doing this because I had reached out to him for a bit of advice when I had met him um, and I just wanted to thank him for his words of wisdom um, and so yeah that was a pretty cool experience. So you're not related? <laughs> That's to be determined we don't have a definitive answer. It's still working still on up that. in the air yeah still up in the air. You say that you can now reach out to him like you're like on a first name basis now? Like what, what is kind of the relationship that you guys have? Um, I mean, he's a very busy person. So, I mean, I, I, I've emailed him a couple of times and so he's been gracious enough to respond. Um, but, you know, he has a lot of things going on on his plate as well. But, um, you know, I would love if I'm able to uh, send him a copy of the book and get his thoughts on it. I think that that would be really cool. So let's talk about the elephant in the room here. And it's the fact that you're writing a book I am. So tell me about this. How did this happen? What's going on? 
I, well, I had the idea for the book, honestly, probably since the summer after my first year of undergrad. I mean, long story short, I had applied for this um, internship for my summer after first year. And I thought that this was the organization that I wanted to work with for the rest of my life. And unsurprisingly, given my naive first year self that did not happen, I was rejected. I felt like I was having a quarter life crisis. Like I started just asking myself, why was I in university? Why was I in the program that I was in? What was I planning on doing after I graduated? Mm -hmm. Just because I had always been someone who, aside from what was going on in school, had been really involved in some sort of extracurriculars. And that was where I really felt like I could bring my passions to life and have something that I really cared about to work on. And I just didn't know what that was going to look like after I graduated. And right. so I just started asking myself all these questions like, what do I, you know, what do I value? What do I care about? What do I want to have done in my life such that I could look back on my deathbed and not have any regrets about what I had done and what kind of impact did I want to make on the world? Because I knew that I, whatever it was that I did, it had to make a difference in people's lives. But the question was, what kind of difference in which people. And so I just got thinking about all of these questions. So I literally went to the library and I sat down in a cubicle and I just started writing out my thoughts on all of these questions. I think that's where the seeds of the book were kind of planted and that desire has not wavered or faded. It's something that has always been on my mind throughout my time at university. And so when I graduated, I finally felt like this was the opportunity I had to actually bring this to life. Do you feel like through writing and through, you know, publishing this book um, that those feelings of, you know, what the hell am I doing here? What is my purpose here? Has those feelings faded away or is this something that, you know, you're constantly working on even through writing? I would say, yeah, it hasn't faded away. I think one benefit of writing the book and doing the research for the book is that the process is shaping my understanding of the world and my understanding of where I see myself being able to contribute the most and make the biggest impact because I don't think I can confidently claim that I see myself, you know, in this organization doing X work. I, it's not like I have what I'm doing after it all planned out. And while that feeling has, I guess, subsided, it's definitely not completely gone away because it's not like I'm going to be writing this book for the rest of my life. There's going to come, you know, there's going to be something that comes after it. And so I guess, you know, our, like, you know, after graduating, I think that that is a good time to be able to pause and kind of take a step back and reflect on what you're doing next. It, it, it can be a time to explore and see what works best for you if you have the means to do so. If you could, because I know, you know, your book is coming out in 2021, um, but if you could give us a little sneak peek as to what it's going to be about, um, please share. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I think the idea of the book is succinctly captured by what the tentative title is right now, which is um, global cooling. And it was a term that I had read in a book by an Italian psychotherapist and philosopher. And he basically defines global cooling as the chilling of human relations. And so the book is looking at um, what are the ways in which the modern society that we have shaped for ourselves are now shaping us and the nature of our relationships and, and interactions with each other. And how does that reconcile with what it takes to build trust and respect and compassion and all of the building blocks of our social fabric. And I think that what I'm trying to shed light on is that many parts of the modern world jeopardize those relationships and interactions that we need 
to pave the way for trust and respect and everything else we need to be able to tackle the most pressing issues of our time. A very light topic. <laughs> yeah, just your casual read. <laughs> In terms of your writing journey, um, I know you've been writing on Medium for at least uh, since as early as 2018. Mm. What was kind of the transition when you went from, you know, writing down your own thoughts, um, answering your own questions uh, to you know, writing on Medium and then now <laughs> wanting to publish a book? That's a good question. Um, I ask good questions. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think the content has always just been floating in my mind and it's more so just the the desire to communicate it and get it out there that just builds up over time and then just gets to a point where I just feel like I would regret it if I didn't take this next step. And so I think that's how I felt with starting the blog. It definitely was nerve wracking because it's, you know, shedding light on my internal thoughts and feelings and hoping that other people resonate with it and connect with it on some level. But I also just started wondering like, I'm thinking about all these things. There must be people out there that are thinking about these things as well. And even if they're not, like I would love to spark some conversations on these and get people thinking about it. And with the book, I mean, I think it just took that to another level where I just felt like we needed to be thinking more about what I'm writing about in the book if we wanted to move the needle forward on all of the issues that we face. Because there are so many sort of the ease of access to a blog post and that there are so many other tabs you could click on while you're reading something and that you're seeing the responses of other people and that it might just be one of several posts that you see in your feed. I felt like the importance of the message that that I was trying to convey would not adequately be captured through one blog post, not just because of the, the amount of content that I think I want to communicate, but also just, I felt like the importance of it would not be signaled through writing a blog post. Not to say that, you know, important messages can't be shared through blog posts. Of course they can. And I've seen blog posts that have definitely gotten people to think, but I just felt like there was enough substance here that deserved a book on its own. I mean, a book is such a intimate relationship between the author and the reader in that it's interesting because, you know, you have this one-on-one relationship with the author as you're reading the book, but at the very same time, there can be thousands of other people reading the same book all on their own journey. And they're all bringing their own sort of life experiences and their own beliefs to what they're reading. And so it really is like this dual relationship between um, the reader and the writer. Do you have like a routine that you follow or is this something that when you get a feeling, you just write it down and you kind of uh, focus in the moment? Mm -hmm. I definitely try to set aside time every day to write. Um, But I think, again, like the actual... I guess like conceptualizing and conceiving of the ideas is very like non-linear and I guess like piecemeal in that I feel like every every book that I read, every conversation that I have, every person that I see, every event that I go to, I think all of those collectively shape my worldview and what I'm trying to communicate through the book. And so every time something like that happens, it can slightly tweak um, the message that I'm trying to communicate. And I try to maintain this balance between like, I guess like zooming out and zooming in. And by that, I mean like zooming out to see like, is the message flowing? Like how, how is my process going? Am I kind of on track with my, the deadlines, but also zooming in to see like, you know, in this particular paragraph, am I like communicating what I want to communicate? And I think it's hard to maintain that balance. Um, It's kind of like navigating a ship. Like if you 
keep checking your map to see if you're going in the right direction, then you don't really get very far because you just keep stopping to see where you're going. Right. But if you've gone half of your trip and you realize that you're not going where you want to go or that there's a much faster way to get to where you want to go, then that's not great either. So it's just trying to find this balance between um, the, the detail and like the fine print, but also the cohesive message that I'm trying to communicate. Right. And as with anybody who's um, participating in a creative process, it's like you said, it's very lonely. So uh, what do you really do to keep yourself engaged in your work? Another good question. He's thinking about it. (laughs) I think it's very important for me. I've realized to hear and sort of experience other people's journeys and stories and use that as inspiration because I think it's especially when I think anyone who's Mm -hmm. trying to do good for the world I think you can often just feel like you're crazy and that what you're trying to address or tackle is just too big to do on your own but I think it's important to remind yourself that you're not on your own there there are so many people out there trying to make the world a better place it's just so empowering and inspiring to see people who are at all different points along the journey um, to see how they've stuck to what they believed in and fight for what and are fighting for what they believe in. And I think that's a much needed boost of, I guess, energy and motivation to keep going when it can get lonely sometimes. The last two people we've had on the show They've all mentioned books that they're reading um, or certain routines that they've gotten into to stay mindful, stay spiritual, and just be grounded, uh, especially during a time where, you know, countries in lockdown, provinces in lockdown. Um, so what are some of the stuff that you do to keep yourself mindful or books that you read or um, kind of the routines that you get yourself into? Mm-hmm. I try to make it a daily effort to journal not even for the reason that I'm going to look, want to look back on what I was thinking on a given day, but more so for the reason that I can just empty my mind of whatever's floating in there so that I can actually think about what I need to think about for that day. Going for walks is really helpful. And even so underrated, so underrated. And I think like, just it, like it might look or sound crazy, but even just like, speaking out your thoughts to yourself because there's literally like no consequences like you know it's not even like you're like you know writing on a piece of paper or something like you literally are just saying these things and they're just floating into the air into nothingness right so there's like no consequences to saying what you're saying and so it can be the most incoherent thing but i think that just being able to address sort of like the root causes of whatever it is you're feeling on a given day Mm -hmm. that you might not be as able to do in a more i guess like restrained or less like free-flowing environment and so I think that walks are really helpful for that as well Um, Mm -hmm. yeah for sure I I think but that's the thing that's the only thing you can really do now yeah yeah but I find that especially when it's sunny out it's like oh my gosh go out and get some of that sun in my face and it just it renews you 100% the sun is a game changer I feel like my mood is so dependent on what the weather is outside I just feel more positive about everything. I feel more positive about my writing, just like my skills, my my everything. And then on other days, it's just, it's a bit tougher to get through. Yeah, for sure. It's like the other day I was um, doing some work and then I just felt so restless. For me, I was just like, 
oh my gosh, I need to like get out of the house. And I literally mm-hmm. just went for a walk around the neighborhood and I turned a corner and the sun hit my face. And I was like, whoa, so this is what happiness feels like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it really is like the simple things, like even just like being able to get fresh air and like outside, I think it's just so valuable, especially again, like in a time when we're supposed to be inside basically all the time. You know, as an artist yourself, um, I think sometimes it's really difficult to put out work. It's like everything personal that you're putting out, especially in this book that you're writing. So did you ever feel, I guess, nervous about what other people might think or scared of what others' reactions might be to something that's so personal to you? Oh, I feel that every second of every day. (laughs) I am just in a constant state of discomfort and nerves around how people are going to react to it. But I think that it's good to a certain extent in that it kind of keeps me on my toes and makes sure that I'm putting out stuff that I, that I can, you know, like believe in, that I, that I believe in and that I can Mm -hmm. stand by and sort of be firm about. Um, But yeah, it's, it's so nerve wracking, especially with the book, like, you know, you can release pieces here and there to kind of gauge people's feedback. And that's definitely part of the sort of revision and publishing process. But it's not like, it's not like releasing like a, like a YouTube video once a week where it's like you release a video, you get feedback and then you get an idea of what people like and don't like. And then you change it the next week. It's like, it's like you release this tiny article and then you release the book, you know? Yeah, definitely something that is on my mind a lot. And it's something that I'm still trying to work through in terms of it not getting in the way of kind of like just moving forward with writing. How do you handle feedback? I think I'm very open to, I guess, like the perspectives and the values and the beliefs that other people bring to what it is I'm sharing with them and how that's sort of influencing how they're responding to it. Like I try not to attach the feedback to myself and my character and try to separate myself from the work that I'm writing. Like I'm merely like the messenger and like the vehicle through which it is being communicated with the world. And so mm. it's my job to ensure that it's you know brought to the world to my best ability and to as many people as possible. It's almost kind of naive for myself or anyone to claim that anything that they create is entirely of their own sort of like conception and that they thought of every single thing that went into what they created because the reality is that we're so influenced by things that we've seen, things that we've listened to, things that we've read, and that all shapes kind of what we're creating. Um, And so I think it keeps me humble in in, in terms of that detachment. Yo, Pashir, how did you get so wise? (laughs) (laughs) Trust me, I say all this, but it is, you know, it's obviously very hard to sort of, I guess, like practice what you preach. Um, Mm. And I think that it'll definitely come into play more as I do get Um, more feedback and share like writing with more people Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that it's helpful to have that mindset in either scenario. What was one of the lows that you know was most memorable not most memorable because that makes it sound like it's something that you Mm -hmm. (laughs) you want to think about but I mean I'm sure through the process you obviously have days where you you're like I don't want to write. Yeah I think at the beginning of the process I I think I was just incredibly overwhelmed by sort of the amount of information and perspectives that are out there. It, I just felt like no matter what I tried, that it, it it wouldn't sort of live up to what everyone has to say and think about that topic. Mm. Um, but then I kind of adjusted my, I guess, like my strategy. And I, 
I just started with like writing out my thoughts, my ideas, like all of these random blips of information that come to my mind. And I think that that helped me sort of like refine my research process. I mean, in any book, there's no way that you're not, you're going to be able to factor in sort of what everyone has to say on a topic. If someone disagrees with what I have to say, like, I'm totally fine with that. Like, I mean, I would consider it a success if, you know, if people are able to like engage in conversation and discussion about what I'm writing, because I want more people to be thinking about what, what I'm trying to communicate and to form their own opinion on what it is I have to say. Because right now I feel like it's not even that thought about sort of in the general population. What is considered success for you? I mean, in terms of the, the book itself and the project itself, I, th- itself, I think it's getting the book into the hands of as many people as possible. And that's not mm-hmm. for reason of the sales or the money or the accolades or anything like that. It's strictly for the reason of that. That means that that's one extra person that is now thinking about the content that's in the book. And I think especially it being able to connect with people in our generation because we are the future politicians, lawyers, doctors, retail workers of tomorrow. I think that if Mm -hmm. what's communicated through the book can shape someone's decision or actions or choices, then I think that that's what I would consider success. Wow. Yeah. And I think, I think, like I said before, like even just knowing that this is something that I've wanted to do, like, regardless of what happens after it or what comes out of it, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, just being able to hold the book in my hand and being able to say that I wrote this, I think that that is sort of like, you know, an accomplishment and success in itself for me. Yeah. So uh, are you going to do some signed copies or? <laughs> yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I would love to. I mean, like, it really does take a village to write a book in the sense that, you know, obviously, maybe there is like one person who's writing it, but even then, I mean, there's so much revision and there's so much like emotional and mental support that goes into it. That doesn't just come from me. Like it comes from everyone who, I mean, I don't think people realize like even the value of just leaving a comment or how it made them think about something. I think that even those like literally make my day because it's just, it just means that this is resonating with people. And I feel like each of those, comments and messages kind of as like a little dose of energy and motivation that takes you to, you know, the next year, the next week. And that that really is what carries you throughout the process. I think a lot of it is just about challenging norms. Like, um, you know, the norm might be that you send someone a message or, uh, you know, digitally. And so, it can feel kind of awkward and weird to go against the grain and, you know, like ask for someone's address so that you can send them something. Like, it's like, oh, we do that. We still do that. But I think that, I I think it doesn't go unnoticed. And I Mm -hmm. think it's important that when we, when we can, that we should um, not just through the messages that we're communicating to people, but also how we're communicating them um, show that we care about them. Yeah. It's like, um, Nowadays, we just send text messages for happy birthday. And people are like, oh, I'm first to wish you happy birthday <laughs> at 12 a.m. And I'm like, I'm going to forget about this in the next, like, two days. <laughs> you were the first yeah. person. Yeah. And especially, I mean, five years from now, like, I can't hold the birthday messages that people send me. Right? Like, I can't see them. I'm going to have to, what, scroll through my chat history? Like, it's, you know, it's not really accessible. It's not something that you can easily look back on. 
also you've talked to a lot of people, right? Like in the process of writing your book, you've gotten a lot of, I guess, mentorship opportunities as well. Um, so was there one particular advice that someone has given you that's just really stuck with you through the whole process? I think it was in third year that I had reached out to an author just for advice on, um, and just, just to learn more about, um, you know, writing and publishing and that world. You know, she had said that, like, if you, like, if this is what you know you want to bring into the world, it's not only that you, like, won't give up on it, it's that you, like, you can't give up on it. Like, you know that this is what you want to bring into the world. And so that is what will carry you through all of the uncertainties that you face. And I think that that's been so true, even just like, like I mentioned before, there's been so many points of like uncertainty and doubt. It's just knowing that at the end of the day that this message will be shared with people. I think that that's what keeps me going. Just turn the question back on you. Mm-hmm. If you could give someone advice um, on, you know, taking that step, right? What would you really say to them? When I graduated high school, I went right into university. I didn't take like a gap year or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think even just that summer, if I had taking my, you know, if I had taken time to ask myself those questions, instead of like it being not like forced upon me, but just like triggered by this event, like it's something that I would have done sort of on my own accord. And I would have had the time and the energy to set aside to think about um, what it was I was going to do next. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're, I mean, if someone's even, you know, like trying to figure out what it is they're going to do next, I think it's just really important to ask yourself those questions on like a very broad level. Uh, also mentioned that that can evolve over time, you know, like within five years, like what I want to do next and what I care about might very well be different from what it is I want now. And so I think that kind of ties into the point of that you don't have to have everything planned out because it could change in a matter of two or three years. But if you could tell somebody in our generation, you know, what we need to be aware of moving forward into the next generation, right, in the context of your book, uh, without giving away too much of it, um, <laughs> what would mm-hmm. you, what would be like something you'd say? I think I would say that aside from asking ourselves, will this increase GDP? Will this increase productivity? Will this give us more things? Will it give us things faster? Um, I think that we need to be asking ourselves, what are the relational implications of the decisions that we're making in the sense that how does X invention or trend or policy shape how human beings relate to and interact with one another. Because I think that in a lot of cases and in a lot of issues is at the crux of what shapes the decisions and actions that we make that in turn shape the world and how we treat one another. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's something that we need to be giving a lot more thought to. And I think that 2020 kind of just widened those cracks and shed a light on them even more. And so I think that there are multiple lenses through which we need to look to, you know, make the decisions that shape our future. And I just hope that considering the social or relational implications of how we shape the world is one of those that we bake into how we shape the future. And that wraps up the end of this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you or someone you know has a really great story that you think should be shared with the world, feel free to visit our Instagram page at the treasure pod and shoot us a message because who knows, you could be the next person on this podcast. Thanks for listening and see you guys soon.